We're live. We're live. First try, perfect attempt. We're getting better at it, no doubt. So you said earlier when we first walked in that you work today. Anything cool happened on your shift? Um, I don't know. There's just, maybe I shouldn't say anything. I have. Well, I was going to say I've never drank on the job, but I think that's not true. There was a time when I was in high school and I was, no, I was actually in college and my younger brother took over my lawn business that I had in high school. And I came home one weekend um, and I told him I'd help him. The next day, he was like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll, you know, make some money. I'm a college kid. I'm broke. I need some money. So I came back home and I said, yeah, I'll help you on Saturday. And I brought shy and isaac down two of our fraternity brothers with Mm. me and we drank hard on friday like i i thought that i went to bed early but i just blacked out Mm. and so at 7 a.m blade blade was out yep making a lot of noise at 3 a.m i've I've seen him in action before i my imagination i have some I have some real images that can play into my imagination of what Blade was doing that night. Probably pretty pretty accurate. Yeah. And so 7 a.m. rolls up and I am dreaming that morning about, it's like a muffled dream. Like I can hear people talking, but it's just kind of a muffled reality that I'm dreaming. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, I snap too. And it's not a dream. My dad's shaking me awake. He's telling me to get the fuck up. <laughs> He's like, you wanted a drink last night, but you promised your brother you were going to do this, so you better get up and get your ass out there to go help Jacob. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit. So I wake up, and I he, he didn't know how late. He knew that we were drinking heavy, but he didn't know how late I stayed up. He knew we stayed up late, but not until f- I've come to find out 5 a.m. Yeah. That's when I was went to bed, and I woke up at 7 so drinking from five to seven, you're still pretty drunk. Yeah. So I snap too. I'm like, oh shit. So I change, roll outside. Jacob's been waiting on me for like 30 minutes. <laughs> we hop in the truck and we get out. And knowing that I might not be 100% sober, for some reason, Jacob slaps me on the weed eater. Not the lawnmower, which would have been a lot easier for me to ride. Yes, it would have. The weed eater where I got to edge and do straight edges on the driveway. Mm-hmm. So I remember I'm standing there weed eating and I that's when I realized oh shit I think I'm still drunk so I'm weed eating this couldn't, what you couldn't make straight lines and I just felt eating? I just felt like I was like it yeah so I was taking really slow steps to make sure that I was keeping this line straight and I remember closing one eye and doing the line and then I would take a step back and I would look at it and it looked pretty straight honestly like I was pretty proud oh nice and I kept going and as I'm just walking like a turtle cutting this line i look up and my dad's standing there with his arms crossed looking at me because <laughs> he's on his way to work so he passed by the house we were cutting in our neighborhood uh-huh. and he's looking at me and he's like can you do this <laughs> he's like are you okay i'm like yeah yeah i'm fine he's like all right well he's like don't fuck up the yard and you know i'll see you later but dude I was, so i have drank on the job so were of. were you i mean was the line straight or no, I actually it? did it. Yeah, so it was straight. Job. He was just questioning the fact that you were moving like a turtle. 
Yeah, I just looked like I. He yeah. knew that I was drinking all night, so him seeing me walk so slow, he's like, "Oh my god, look at him." He's definitely still intoxicated. Yeah. Weed eating. So it wasn't your yard. No, it was. Uh, we we're doing like other yards in our neighborhood. Yeah. Obviously, you were helping little bro out. Yeah. With whatever he had going on. Yeah, so we cut a couple yards, and honestly, ended up working in my favor because I sweated out the alcohol, so I never was never hungover. Gotcha. Gotcha. So ten out of ten recommend drinking on the job yeah well i mean change my mind change my mind drink on the job yeah well for me it's different because i've bartended slash served for the past year and a half close to two years now and sometimes on those late night shifts i mean customers members whatever you want to call them They'll, they'll want you to get involved, especially if they're keeping you there all night. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel bad. So nothing crazy, but yeah, like I've tossed back a couple couple beers or maybe even a shot or two here and there. And then I feel like it's acceptable to drink a little bit on the job, like actually acceptable if you're a bartender. Exactly. Yeah. Cause and it's always cool to see your bartender take a shot with you. Yeah. Well, again, it's not like you're doing this at four in the afternoon or something, but if it's 12 o'clock past and they're keeping you there pretty late especially if you didn't plan on being there pretty late like yeah like okay fuck it i'll i'll make a little mixed drink for myself and you know we'll be all right like this will just be a lot more enjoyable for the both of us i promise but so other than that no you don't can't be drinking on the job yeah don't drink on the job yeah okay well we're watching that was really good that was beautiful i I didn't realize today that we were going to be given such good life advice. Me I'm really proud of us. But the uh, real epi- the real topic today is not drinking on the job. It's a movie. And what movie, movie is that? The movie that I picked for us to watch today is a movie called Snatch. It came out in 2000. It, so it's an older movie. I know it's uh, a more fun movie. I have never finished it. I can't remember exactly why, but it was a few years ago. I have I just, also started it. And not finished it. But I think it's a really good movie. It it gets high praise. Uh, obviously, Brother Brad is in there. We love Brother Brad. It's got a pretty good cast. I know that the main villain, uh, he doesn't look much like a villain, but he, he I remember thinking, oh, damn, like kind of a scary guy. So I'm excited to actually finish this movie. I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching this. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, I like these older Guy Ritchie movies. There's another one of his that I oh, like. Oh, wow. see, I didn't even know it was Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Guy Ritchie. You, oh. That's why the style is so... But how far have you seen? I, like I said, it's been a few years, so I, I'm i trying to think. So you don't... You're not going to be able to remember. It's been a few years since you last the, seen Really, it. the only thing I remember... Uh, I think I remember... Like, Brad Pitt is in the ring, and he's a madman. And I do remember that Brad Pitt's character, he can pretty much knock out any person he wants with one punch. Yeah, I've seen that scene. That's the coolest scene. We got to talk about it later, I think. But okay, yeah. so after we freshly see it with, may, with fresh eyes. Maybe it was whenever I saw it a few years ago, or maybe it's just a scene that I've seen like from film accounts or YouTube videos or whatever. But that, that scene is pretty much the only thing I remember from this movie. And the weird villain who doesn't look like a villain but he's actually pretty i thought he's pretty scary so i remember the reason why i clicked i watched it 
probably a little bit before halfway through. That's how. That's where I got before I turned it off. I think it was just getting late and I got tired, so I wasn't going to finish it. Okay. But the reason why I clicked it, that it was a couple months ago probably. It was this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I clicked it was because of that scene with Brad Pitt when he punches that guy. Because I see, because like, you know, Netflix will show you the little teaser trailer of the mm-hmm. movie. Like, it'll give you a cool scene. Yeah. It was that scene. I'm like, okay, I'm watching this movie. Yeah. And he, Brad Pitt's character can't talk, like he speaks English, but he can't understand I what he says. I remember he has says. like a really funny accent. I But yeah, I, I do think it's pretty, I think it's done on purpose with the fact that you cannot understand what Brad Pitt no, is yeah. actually saying. That's like the joke so I think in the that, movie. Yeah, okay. So I think they're going to give him subtitles, hopefully. Um, no. Or hopefully not, because I mean, we really have to die on this hill now. <laughs> we have stated that if they can speak English... It doesn't matter what accent it's in. We don't want the subtitles. I'll tell you what, though. English, American English, but sometimes like the Peaky Blinders Ooh, English. I can already tell we're, we're going in the trenches right now. You know what I mean? It gets rough to understand <laughs> what, the, what the hell they're saying. Yeah, like what is Tom Hardy saying whenever he just starts screaming Peaky Blinder, whatever language that is, you know? Or The Revenant, too. Tom Hardy and The Revenant. Exactly. Can't yeah. understand a word he says. Nope. Nope. Unless you've seen it like six times like me at this point, I'm just like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense as to why this guy did that after Tom Hardy <laughs> yeah. just started blurting that out at him. So, but anyways, okay, so we're about to go watch Snatch. Yep, this is a good guy, Richie movie. I like some of his older styles like this, like um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yep. That's a cool one. When we eventually do the the uh, like anthology series I was talking about where we watch all of the filmmakers thing, Guy Richie should definitely be one of the ones that we do in the top because he's got some cool old school movies and he's an iconic filmmaker that has his own style, which is what I love. I love filmmakers who have their own style, like Guy Ritchie, Wes Anderson, Tarantino. Scor- I don't know if Scorsese has an iconic style. I think he has an iconic type of movie. Like gangster movies is his deal. Yeah, I'm not and, sure if you could watch a movie and be like, oh, that's Scorsese. Does he have that? Uh, if he does, it's probably just uh, like a certain type of uh, iconic frame that he does, but I, I if he does, I, I can't think of it yet. I, I'm not sure. I think because maybe because everybody just I just does Wes Anderson write his own movies? Does everybody else that I named write their own movies? Tarantino does. I think I would Guy assume, Ritchie does. I would assume Wes Anderson writes his own movies because they're pretty out there. Um, but he also might just because think about A24, they have a bunch of very similar movies, but. They're all from different filmmakers. Oh, they got some repetitive filmmakers that make A24 movies, but... Yeah, Guy Ritchie wrote it. He wrote Snatch? Yep. Okay, cool. So he's a writer-director. There we go. Yep. All right. Let's go put it on. Let's go put it on. All right. We just watched Snatch. Bloody good film, Kate. It was a good film. Was I enjoyed really that. Good. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. That's what I mean by you know a Guy Ritchie movie by the way it looks because the way he shoots it, the way that he edits it, it's very much Guy Ritchie. Yeah. It, he he doesn't let your attention get lost for very long, which I really like that. Something that I really liked about this movie, and I think it's part of Guy Ritchie's uh, mastery, is that he knows how to pace the movie. Yeah. Everything will tie in together 
everything will get faster when you want it to. When it starts to get slow, it picks right back up. He knows exactly where you are in the movie watching experience and gives you exactly what you want. But I thought it was interesting because this kind of movie is really tough to, I think, pull off because you got a lot of different characters with a lot of different storylines going on. And And I feel like when a lot of directors try to do this, people can get lost. But he does a really good job of just keeping everything connected. I think just through humor and like good action, like I said, good pacing, like you're so into the movie, you're really not lost. Even with some of the dialogue, I mean, we're, we're dealing with some pretty heavy accents pretty much throughout the whole movie, but you still know what's going on. Yeah. He, with this, all these different storylines, it's almost too much. You almost get lost. It, yeah. It but it's just right. enough. And they give you, the way that they they have the woody dialogue that threw out it, that's hilarious. And they use that woody dialogue. Yeah, the whole time. They use it in the beginning. And I think maybe the reason why he chose to write it like that is so that way, with the woodiness, you, it's not like they are explaining things um, cheaply. They're explaining things as a joke. Like yeah. it's always a joke when they explain something. So it keeps you in the loop of, knowledge, of knowing what the movie's about and what's going on in the storyline. By using that woody dialogue and being funny and, Everybody, all the characters are asking. There's always like a dumb character that's asking questions, and he gets made fun of for not knowing what's going on. Yeah. But he, that dumb character is us, and he's letting us in on the storyline, which I think is cool. Like I love that witty, funny dialogue. Like me and you were laughing the whole movie. Yeah. No, you got to keep it like that. Uh, I think a lot of great directors do this. I was just thinking there were a lot of kind of Quentin Tarantino aspects that I enjoyed about this movie where. In between scenes, and Taxi Driver could learn something from this, but just in between a lot of scenes, just these guys are driving, but the dialogue and everything that they're saying to each other is just so funny. But it also pertains to what's happening in the story. It keeps the audience, me and you, I mean, we were engaged the entire time. And I just, I like that approach. I I think that's always like the best way to go about making a movie. Um, And I got to say, this movie... You know, like we're saying, it is witty. There's a lot of, you know, you know, there's a lot of serious, uh, er, there's a lot of serious stuff at stake here, pretty much. For the characters, All, right? Yeah, every character is either, pretty much what's going on in this movie is everybody's <laughs> really just trying to get out alive. Yeah. Everybody's just trying to get out alive, but they're also trying to get away with some money. Uh, more importantly, they're trying to get away with this diamond. And... So, pretty serious stuff at stake. Um, but they do life, a lot of life or death situations. Yeah, a lot of life or death situations. But you don't really feel the heavy toll of that in the movie. But I did like in one scene in this movie, it really did like bring you back down to earth. When spoiler alert, this movie was made in two thousand. But spoiler alert, Brad Pitt's character's mother is like burned to death. And we got to see that that shot of Brad like looking into the flames. Kind of gave me goosebumps. That was some pretty solid acting. I mean, that dude looked like he was ready to murder. Yeah. That I, was the one serious scene in the movie, I think. I liked how he had the main villain. Like you said, he's, he doesn't look scary, but he is scary. Because he just... You never know who he's going to kill. He's always going to kill somebody. Nobody's ever safe around him. You see that a lot of times. That's what he he wrote in some good parts where there's a chance where a character maybe get a little ballsy with him, and he 
teaches he like humbles them says no i'm still the boss here like he's a very dangerous man they show that off very well by killing off characters watching his violence seeing the brutality of him right he does dog fights he cuts that guy's nuts who said way to you know he was getting on to him for giving him the wrong bet yeah well he takes shit from two guys after okay so after mickey brad pitt's character is supposed to go down to the fourth and just knocks his opponent down in the first round if you haven't seen this movie um brad pitt's character plays a guy named mickey who is this what do they call them they're gypsies they're called pikeys but they're pretty much gypsies they're really good at bargaining but also just ripping off people right and but so mickey brad pitt's character he's this skinnier smaller guy but he just packs a punch when he boxes his whole thing is that he could just knock somebody out with one punch you find that out like me and gray were talking about in the beginning there's that scene when he's fighting gorgeous George and gorgeous George is a giant boxer. And in one punch, Mickey knocks him out. And then in the a later scene, Mickey is supposed to go down in the fourth round of this boxing match. So that way that the kingpin, you know, like the main villain can get everybody to make their money. But of course, Mickey can't help himself. Doesn't even try just an accidental punch knocks him out. So that's what, that's the storyline. So keep going. Yeah. And so, after the ringleader is having to like you know leave the fight there's a lot of big time bosses i assume that are there that are you know grabbing him saying hey what the fuck because this mob boss pretty much is telling everybody like all the big bosses like hey he's going down on the fourth that's where you're going to make your money i promise like it's rigged and i'm just letting y'all know that it is and then it isn't rigged and so he takes shit from two guys who i assume are just really higher up and whatever gangs that they represent. And then this third guy who's pretty much a schmuck, well, you wouldn't know it, but he says something to the ringleader. I can't remember the name of him. Or I'm just going to call him Evil Austin Powers because that's pretty much what he reminded me of. He gets in his face and he's like, hey, what the hell happened? Like, I thought he was in the fourth. And Evil Austin Powers just grabs him by the nuts. Bricktop. Bricktop? Okay, Bricktop grabs him by the nuts after taking shit from two other guys and says, next time you stop me from walking, I'm going to cut these off. And he gives him a nice little, I mean, he does actually like cut them, but he yeah. doesn't cut them off. I don't think. No, he doesn't cut them off. Just give him a little slice. Yeah. That's smart writing though. I think that's a good, that's a good lesson to learn. I think from Guy Ritchie writing that scene because he wants to show that the main villain has people pulling him. He's answers to people there's some people that are more powerful than him that he's even scared of yeah um but you don't want to do you don't want to take away how scary he is to the rest of the characters that are in this movie because the two characters that he answers to aren't they aren't in the movie they're in his storyline but we're not watching his storyline right Mm -hmm. we're watching the the three other guys storylines he's just the villain of of our characters that we're watching in this movie so you don't want to take away his authority so you had to show him getting shit just to show that he hey, he also has something to risk. He's scared of some things, but you don't want us to believe that he's a bitch. So he then shows somebody that is lower than him to show just how powerful he is. So that's like a good way that he didn't take away from the authority that he holds over the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I was, how, what do you feel about that intro scene with the transitions? Uh, I thought it was like kind of like an old school homage to just action movies, kind of. Because are you talking about like when they first rob 
Yeah, when, when they first get the stone. Yeah, when Benicio del Toro robs the yeah. Jewish diamond store. Yeah, I remember first seeing that, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, okay, like we're going for kind of a blood sport type <laughs> like action movie. But I think Guy Ritchie was because obviously by the end of the movie you don't even see that pretty much again. But it, it's like in the beginning of the movie, the opening scene is these four robbers. Uh, robbing the you know the stone and it's done in a pretty cheesy Hollywood way and I just remember I was seeing it and I was like oh no like it's a lot of cross zooms it's a lot of spin zoom transition they're very corny it's kind of the stuff that you see in iMovie when you're making a little project in iMovie it's so very stock uh, transitions that are you don't expect to see that in a Hollywood movie and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it I like that he did it and put it into a feature-length Hollywood Guy Ritchie movie, right? He put this mm-hmm. in his movie. He's a big name. I'm not sure if he was a big name when this movie was made. I'm sure he was had have been known. He's got Brad Pitt and some other... He's got Jason, one Jason hell Statham, of a cast, yeah. Right? But I'm not sure if I like it that much. I'm just curious on why he chose to do it like that. I'm not. I'm not a. Probably just to be funny, honestly. Like, just to have fun. Just, yeah, just to have fun. Like this is his movie. Maybe somebody gave him shit for it, and he was like, "Well, fuck you." You know what? I'm gonna like. Maybe it wasn't as ridiculous the first time, and somebody was like, "Eh, actually, like, let's try to kind of calm that down. Maybe, maybe make it look more realistic." And he was like, "Are you not seeing the storyline of this movie? It's ridiculous." So, f off. I'm gonna make this intro scene like way more ridiculous than it needs to be yeah so i i enjoyed it i i i thought it was funny especially because the rest of the movie wasn't like that so i was like okay like that that's kind of cool that he just i thought like i said i thought he was just like paying his respects to old school hollywood probably you know there are probably some scenes in this movie that if we really dug deep into it we could see him like kind of like that ridiculous aspect probably being f- f- uh, pulled from like other movies like back back in the day. Yeah. Or just uh, aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh, it all, but they didn't, they showed some of those cool zoom in or, you know, zoom ins and stuff like that throughout the movie. There were some other scenes where they, they just it. weren't as ridiculous, but I no, also just right. thought that those fit the rhythm of the movie. I mean, yeah. it's it's fast paced. I mean, you got to keep up. Like it's going the entire time. It does match the 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 feel of the movie. And after that, though, I didn't like the the full intro necessarily, um, like we were just talking about. But I did like the scene after that where we introduced all the characters and like it kind of all they had all these matching shots that went through each character. So that way they introduced it. I liked how he introduced all the characters, and then yeah. I also enjoyed how there was the voiceovers kind of narrating it almost to help you through the story. Yeah, well, they, that's for us. Like, I think that just helps kind of keep things connected. I mean, there is a main character in this movie. It's the narrator. Yeah, it's, Jason uh, Statham. Yeah, it's him. It's his character. It is pretty much through his point of view. Turkish Turkish is his name. That's yeah. His. Oh, yeah. Turkish. But it's not entirely his point of view. Yeah, it switches there's, up stories. There's, there's there's three stories going on. I think I think it's three stories. It I well, I'm thinking of like specifically the car scene. There's one scene where uh, they hit the body, but then you're like, wait, what was that body doing there? And then it shows yeah. Jason Statham 
like drinking milk and his buddies like the human digestive yeah. system has not quite gotten to the point where it should be taking in dairy products and so he grabs the milk throws it and that causes the wreck and so it's like oh okay they are still connecting this movie from different angles but like to really make sure that everything's connected it's through Jason Statham's character that's what he does a lot oftentimes in his movies lock stock and smoke and barrels that has a bunch of storylines that then crash at the very end it's a yeah I think that's a bold way to go about it it's a hard um, thing to do. Uh, it's very hard to make them all compelling and make them all yeah. sync together and flow together. That takes some expert screenwriting and it's a very, very hard to do well. Yeah. Writing a bunch of stories that pacing that pace well because just like whenever Turkish and he's Turkish is betting on the dogs with the chasing the hare with Mickey to fight. Um that scene matches up with one of the other storylines with mm-hmm. um what's the driver's name i don't know we we're calling uh british biggie yeah what's his name he, they said it a lot we, uh, timothy or something a lot of characters what was his name it should be tyrone tyrone yeah tyrone's getting chased and he's getting dragged down it's so like those storylines sunk synced up together in that section of the movie where it was like building up, you know, like the both toy lines are getting, are building up and they kind of synced up there, which I think is cool. You know, he obviously wrote them all together to flow perfectly. I wonder how he does that. I wonder if he like bullet points it all out and then interweaves it all. I wonder how, how does he work three different storylines at one time? uh, Yeah. I wonder what his process is. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't even begin to think about it. I mean, I've never even tried to do something like that. I, I would assume that you can build three different storylines and you have to just think of certain points where they where they are going to meet up and then everything in between that as far as intersecting like you said with the dog chasing the rabbit and uh was it tyrone like getting chased by the other guys that's something that like along the lines you're just like oh wait there we go i could i could make that happen yeah i could like kind of interweave those scenes together um, one thing that I did like about the the rabbit getting chased by the dog scene, I think I picked up on this because you have to understand these are the pikeys that we're talking about. They're notorious for pretty much always coming out on top of any bet that they make. And so I think something that I picked up on in that scene is that they have like, I think they had four dogs, right? And there's only one rabbit. And so whatever... Um, Turkish makes the bet on and like they were going to release those dogs to get that job done. Mm-hmm. So because Turkish bet on the rabbit getting properly fucked as they put in the movie, mm-hmm. I bet the Pikes release like the two dogs that they knew weren't going to catch that rabbit. Probably the Pikes never lost except for the mom. They've lost their mom. They did lose their mom. Yep. But, the, but the then, Pike, you're right though. The Pikes, they always, they never lost a bet. Yeah. They, well, yeah. And like Turkish says at the end of the movie, the whole time, uh, Mickey and the Pikes, like they were just placing bets on Mickey the entire time. So they <laughs> yeah. weren't losing yeah. any of the fights. That's yeah. why, that's why he wasn't getting knocked out. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of genius in this movie. I was a huge fan. I cannot believe I did not finish this movie a few years ago. I don't know what could have happened because the entire time we watched that tonight, I was in. I was dialed in. 
Yeah, it's a really fun movie. It's very engaging. It's again, it's paced well. I think it's and it's got a fun storyline. I think all the like I was saying earlier, the Woody dialogue is what kind of keeps you in the movie. You're laughing. It's funny. They're always making fun of each other. It's that yeah. Lon- that fun London accent. Yeah, I like that accent. Yeah, that gangster like ghetto London accent's my favorite. Can we also address? I think. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think this is the first movie that we've watched where there was no love story in it at all, which is to- which is something just totally different. Sisu. Yeah, but even then, like, he's still, I think he's, like, hurt that his, like, wife and, like, daughter, like, were killed or something like that. I- yeah, there's there's absolutely no family relationship. Uh, there's two hot daughter twins. Yeah, there's no I real guess. love. There's no, there's no, there's no girl like getting in between. This is just, these just are, gangsters just, just getting after. Yeah, they're just trying to get a diamond. Pretty much, they're all just trying to make the money, which I think is bold because you just that's that's rare in most movies. So I like that. Well, I don't even think you could interweave a love story into that movie. There's too much how, going on. How could you? Yeah, you couldn't. But just the angle of like. Like whenever he, I bet when he first wrote that, he was like, "I we're gonna do something different, no love story, nothing." So no romance. I mean, there is no romance in this movie. I like Mickey. Mickey's character is so cool. Brad Pitt's character, the coolest, because I love an underdog that is an absolute badass. Yeah, he's an underdog for no reason, only because he's only an underdog because he's unknown. Yeah. But, but, just, but at the same time, he knows that he's not an underdog. So that's awesome. But like he plays cool it like part. he is a yeah. little bit. Or he doesn't even play it like he is. He just doesn't look like a... He doesn't look like he can... Probably looks like he can fight, but against the competition that he fights, yeah. he's going to lose. I, I wouldn't bet on him if he's fighting Gorgeous George. Uh, nope. Nobody would. One punch, though. Those tattoos. Brad Pitt. Brother Brad. Brother Brad. Just always, always coming out on top, man. Yeah, when is he ever not on top? Curious case of Benjamin Buttons. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. I have. It's pretty sad. But is it really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I guess not. Like, I mean, it's just a story about life and death, like, at the end of it. I mean, his is just in reverse, but spoiler, like, <laughs> he, he dies. Just, but, uh... No, great, great movie. I just, the cast, and dude, wait, um, what's his name? The one that, the gambler, you said his name, and I know Benicio it. Benicio Del Toro? Benicio Del Toro. He didn't last too long in this movie. No, he didn't play a big part at all. <laughs> I was pretty surprised by that, because they're showing him rob the bank, they're showing him with like this crippling gambling addiction that I just think is somehow going to play like a big role, and then he doesn't even make it to the, he doesn't even make it to the fight. Yeah. He's did his gambling problem ever. Nope. Nope. It's just something that brought the American that had sent him to like do the job. Like, I guess it brought him down and that played a big role, but interesting as far as for him, like he didn't even make it to the fight to bet tough way to go out for that guy. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to have, those two scenes with with Benicio del Toro, whenever he's 
talking about every time he hears gambling, he gets a flashback of him in Vegas with pictures like you, freeze frames. You think of him. that he's gonna that's gonna play a big role? That's into, a big that's a big jump out in the movie. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think he he probably should have shown that something should have probably came of that. I think to show it, like if you're gonna write a story and you're gonna show it like that, you should probably have something come of it. Nope. No, I, it, wor- it works out. I, I like every turn that this movie made. I I enjoyed every little plot twist, all the like all the funny ones. Um, obviously, at the beginning, I mean, it's Jason or Turkish. It's like talking about diamonds. Now, why the fuck am I talking about diamonds? I don't know anything about diamonds. Yep. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, well, I'll be damned. So. Big fan of this one. It was a good one. I, the um, there's a technique in there that I enjoyed, that I noticed, that he does well in this movie, especially in a big scene, like when something's about to happen. Like in the scene I'm talking about is whenever he throws the milk out, they hit the person. Like all three stories collide mm-hmm. in this one alleyway road. He had they're talking very slowly. They're not talking fast-paced worried. They're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're joking back and forth. They're just kind of like dragging on their little conversation. Yeah. But underneath it, they have like fast, 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 fast music. High beats music. And it's just like oh. building, 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 building. So you kind of feel anxious because they're not acknowledging and not acting as if there's high-speed music underneath it. Yeah. So you feel a little anxious like something's going to happen and something yeah. does happen. So like, that wait, why, why, why are we talking about milk? What's yeah, going exactly. on here? You know. Yeah, they're talking about nothing. Like, obviously, something is about to occur because this is the first time in the movie where they're not talking about either making money or getting the diamond. So, yeah, I I didn't totally catch up on that. I just thought it was another way to like kind of, you know, I thought it was just funny. Yeah, I, I, and maybe a little educational. I was like, oh wow, I wonder if that's true. Like, should we really not be drinking milk? I had two glasses this morning. Milk is a milk supposed to be good for you. Um, if you're not lactose intolerant. I can tolerate it. Do you know, I don't know if this is true or not, so I like to believe it is just because I've said it to multiple people, so I hope it's true. Okay. Apparently, the reason why we're, we can drink animals' milk is because the people that were lactose intolerant died off. Because if there was ever a drought, you had to drink animals' milk to survive. So those that couldn't drink it and were intolerant to it died. So that gene just stayed in humans because it helped them survive. It was a survival gene. Evolution. Makes sense. Is it true? Gonna have to fact check that one. (laughs) Gonna have to to check that. Hey, I mean, I'm sure some scientist out there would love to agree with you. Or disagree heavily. Or disagree, yeah. So yeah, made in 2000. Crime comedy. Yeah, definitely was a comedy. Um, Let's yeah, see the well, Rotten Tomatoes score. Seventy four critics, ninety three audience. Yeah, I was about to say. I just I I can't really see anybody hating on this one. It's funny how the it's based out of London, and London always just has that kind of um, unsaturated, colorless, overcasty, nasty weather vibe, and that's exactly how this movie looks. And that's yeah. how a lot of his movies look. Because they're always based in London, so he just kind of gives it that gross London vibe. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not somebody that, I don't think I really care to go to London or England. Yeah, I, uh, I like to go. I would love to go to Europe and like if I I ended up in London, I would definitely 
like try to enjoy myself. But I, yeah, I, I might be right there with you. I don't really know why I would. Out of all the places I could go, I'm like the American in the movie. Uh, the one from New York yeah. that's trying to get that diamond. Shout out him. What's his, what's his name in the movie? Let's. It's gonna take. It's probably gonna be a couple scrolls to find his character. Oh come on! He, he oh was, cousin Avi. Cousin Avi. Yeah, cousin Avi. Okay, I like cousin Avi. I enjoy that in this movie, Guy Ritchie definitely shows what us Americans love to do when we go on a flight. That's Papa Zan. No, 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 he's taking shots. No, he took a Xanax to pass out. Really? No, I thought no. he was like taking a shot and he's like drinking on a plane. And that's how, like, that's just how it... No, I think he popped a pill and just hit back the water to fall asleep because he went back in his seat because people talk about you take a Xanax on a long flight to just pass out and you just like teleport. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't think he was taking shots. You would have seen, if he was partying on the plane, they would have showed him partying. They wouldn't just show him take one shot if he was taking shots. Oh, I mean, you got to keep this thing going. I mean... But I think, but that's him taking the Xanax. If you saw him taking it as a, as a Xanax... That's fine. I saw him as an American getting on a flight and taking some shots, getting but, some drinks in him. But that's 100% wrong. You don't know that. It's, I think it's up for interpretation. No. Think about it. If he tips back, if he tips back one drink and it was a glass of water, people I mean, definitely he could have been drinking drunk vodka, but it was looked like a glass of water and didn't look like a drink he got. It looked like a shot. They don't give you shots on a plane. You can get shots on they a plane. They give you shooters, but they don't pour you a shot. They make you a drink with ice. Why are you taking this away from me? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to guide you to the light. It, it's not like the biggest deal in this movie. <laughs> I'm you just saw, saying. You see a Xanax. I see somebody getting drunk on a plane. All right. Whatever. Either way, it's going to make that flight go a lot faster. You're disrespecting Guy Ritchie showing because I only argue that as hard as I am right now because I like the fact that he showed, he teleported. He took the Xanax, took drank his water, and he immediately was in London, and that's. What it probably feels like to take at the Xanax beginning the of this flight. podcast, you thought you went to sleep early, but next thing you know, you're like weed eating a lawn because you took so many shots. Shut so up. I think it all just kind of goes back and forth, like Xanax <sighs> or getting drunk on a plane. Either way, you're teleporting to London. And I say all of that to say this: the original point of this conversation was, would you ever go to London? No. And I like that cousin Ava. Is that his name? Avi. Avi. He gets Avi. yeah, he gets to he gets to London and somebody the flight attendant or whatever is like, so like are you gonna or like what do you plan on doing in London or what's your business here? And he's like, I don't like flying to places that don't have beaches and tiny umbrellas in my drinks. And a fucking men to that, brother. Yeah, like I don't wanna go to London because I think they even say that in the movie. Like it's just bad teeth, food's kinda weird and it's just the weather's shitty. Like, I'm good. I'd rather go to the beach. Yeah, there's no good English food. There's probably, I think English food, the thing that stands out is the pastries, the desserts, the baked goods. That's the only thing I think that London makes well, probably. Pastries just doesn't even sound that appetizing. Yeah, me. you're right. I don't really like pastries, to be honest with you, but yeah. I'm just saying they're probably pretty good if you do like them. That's okay. kind of where they originate from, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this box office success. Okay. They made this movie with a budget of $10 million. They made, or the box office grossed $83.6 million. They made $73 million off this bad boy. 
I'll be damned. Guy Ritchie. Banking it, baby. Now, I wonder how they did that with that cast because I feel like some of those actors, like... Uh, they were big back was, then, bro. Was Brad Pitt not big in 2000? Are we sure about that? I thought he was. Well, see, the thing... the thing He might have taken just like a big cut. I think... I'm not, I'm not 100% accurate on this, but I would assume that back then you didn't have to pay actors as much up front because they would get the residuals of that box office release because you get theater tickets, you get DVD sales, you get all that kind of stuff. But nowadays, since the theater isn't the biggest moneymaker anymore, it's streaming, they have to give them money up front because there's no ticket sales to build over time. So you get a fat check up front. So that's why I think actors maybe make more plus inflation and all that. You know, you got to pay them a little bit more. It's not weighted. It's weighted differently. Yeah. So, but yeah, 10 million. And these guys weren't huge. I think Brad Pitt was pretty big in 2000 so i think him doing this movie was kind of just like a pretty cool move on brad pitt's part let me see in 2000 brad i think brad pitt was a big deal in 2000 fight club was 99 yeah seven all that but like he was just a big time movie star but i don't think he was like like a dicaprio or like a tom cruise but he was like incredibly he was a big star. famous. He's yes. probably like a like a Ryan Gosling right now. Ryan Gosling's pretty big. Though. Ryan Gosling's a movie star. Yeah, that wasn't a good example. I, I think, mean, he, I he's think definitely Brad, big. He's definitely a big deal. Yes. So I think him seven with ninety five. Yeah, I think him being in this movie and playing the role that he did because it's not like a crazy big role. There is no crazy big role in this movie. I think that was like a very respectable move. Like Brad Pitt was saying no. This script is awesome. I don't need it to be some big time project. I want to do this because I love the script. I think I could have a lot of fun with this character. Like I'll take a pay cut. Yeah, he he had some success. However, these good movies though, they might not have been huge because they made more movies back then. They can make more movies because they made money a lot easier than they do now. But again, I'm sure he got a. I'll say I'm ten sure, million. They I'm made sure. it for they made it for ten million, dude. Yeah, he didn't. Well, he could have. I was going to say he didn't make 10% of the budget, but we all know that Matt Damon made a third of the budget. So, yeah. but I no, with that being said, I, I mean, there's a lot of, again, I know not all of them are as big as they are today. Like, I don't think Jason Statham was that big yet. Yeah. Not yet. I think he wasn't Fast and Furious 27 big. Yeah. Yeah. But I also remember, like, Jason Statham did, uh, like a Mark Wahlberg movie in like, I don't know, 2003, not not too long after this. It was that uh, that action movie. I can't even remember. He's Jason Statham, is he's been in a lot of Guy Ritchie movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's like his guy. Okay. That, he, I think he's really big over in England. Gotcha. I'm going to have to watch more Guy Ritchie movies. I, I got I to gotta come clean here. I, I don't really know much about him, actually. So that, I'm, that, I'm looking. I'm him. looking forward to it. That movie is him. Okay. He made a King Arthur movie that was pretty cool. Okay. People okay. didn't like it. I watched Did it as a like kid. It? As a kid, I liked it. Was last, what's the last Guy Ritchie movie you saw before this one? The Gentleman. With Matthew McConaughey. Yep. That's Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> well, Here, let me read you off. Well, the Guy I, love, I love that movie. Let me read you off Guy Ritchie movies. I'll be damned. Of course, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, McConaughey. He's uh. You don't watch Yellowstone, do you? I do not. 
You should. It's a really, really good show. It's it's pretty hyped. Obviously, a lot of people will love it. But it, it's it hi- it's hyped because it is good. Okay. And um, they have some spinoffs that are kind of the prequels. No, yeah, I saw. I saw. Um, what was it that the first spinoff with uh, who's it? Tim, Tim McGraw. McGraw. Yeah. 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 That but was a, amazing. That was that. That so it's called eighteen eighty three, and yeah. that is better than Yellowstone. I think. Yeah. I'd I didn't, I didn't even finish it though. It's a limited series. I didn't, yeah, but I didn't even finish it. You should. It's good. I fell in love with the girl, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. I fell in love with her. So, he has... Actually, she's just all right. Yeah, if she ever listens to this. I mean, she was... Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> okay. Guy Ritchie's movies. He's got The Covenant, which I requested today, but we'll watch that later. That's Guy Ritchie. I'll, I don't feel like that's going to be like this movie, though. It's an American... It, but it, it, I'm very interested to see how Guy Ritchie, a guy from England, makes an American... Um, American, American War, War movie. movie, yes. It's interesting. I'm not going to lie. My roommate watched it shy. He liked it? He did not like it. Oh, my dad liked it. Okay. So we should see. That's okay, good. yeah. My dad said, dude, that movie is so good. Yep. So. I'm curious, yeah. All right, so The Covenant, Obviously The Gentleman. We, we have mixed reviews, yeah. Snatch. No way. Okay, I haven't seen this movie, but I really have been wanting to. I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. Wrath of Man. I have not heard of this. Really? No. It's a, when when it's did it post- come out? 2021. Okay. It's supposed to be like a really badass action movie with Jason Statham. But that was by Guy Ritchie. I did not know that. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. The Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, he did those. Okay. Yep. Those are good movies. Never seen him. Uh, that King Arthur movie I was talking about. He did The Man from Uncle. Well, I yeah, I've that's the one with uh, any of these. Henry Ca- Henry Cavill. Okay. Super Superman. Yeah. Um <laughs> he directed the new Aladdin, the live action Aladdin with uh Will Will Smith. Yeah, I watched that with my mom. I like that movie. I liked it too, yeah. Will Smith was a good uh Aladdin. He yeah, he caught me off guard. Yeah, those are the ones you know. Okay. All right. I, I got some research to do. Yeah. I'll, I might pick Wrath of Man here in the next few episodes because I haven't seen it, but it's supposed to be really good. Let's see what the Rotten Tomatoes talks about. Yeah. Also, 90, shout out. 90 audience. Okay. Okay. There we go. Also, shout out to uh, the haters in our comments and in our DMs telling us to watch actual good movies. If you don't like this movie, then guess what? If I really didn't give a damn about what you said in the first place, which believe me, I didn't, I'm definitely not going to now. The best part about that, about that show is anybody that's hating probably doesn't even listen. Yeah, they probably just watch our reels and then that's it. Um, okay, what would you rate this movie out of 10? Going high here. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed this movie. I did too. I really, really enjoyed it. And you can tell that I enjoyed it, I think, because I took things away from it. Like I took some filmmaking yeah. away from it. So that, yeah. that shows you how good of a movie it was and how I was really engaged with it. Uh, so you I, know I'm what? going high as well. I'm, I'm going I'm going nine. Oh, shit. I'm going, to, I'm going a solid nine. Okay, I was going to go. Would, I would watch this movie again and again like i will probably watch this movie quite a few times i'm gonna show my kids this movie like <laughs> wow, this all right yeah this is this is a good good movie 
lot to take away from it. A lot of things that you can actually read into, I think. Like I said, I picked up on uh, Brad Pitt's character kind of being able to hustle the guys with the dogs and the rabbit. Um, I'm sure if I went back and watched this movie again, I could pick up on some more things. And I just really enjoy that about a movie while also like not having to do crazy big research. Like next time I watch this movie, I'm going to have the subtitles on just so I can see if like maybe. How dare you? Yeah. Just, I, I know we're supposed to die on that hill, but I just want to do it just in case I did miss like a really good line that could have meant something else or connected something to another scene or another character. So looking forward to watching this again. I wonder that they'll put Brad Pitt's inaudible because there's some parts that it's on purpose. He, you can't understand you can't what he's understand saying. What like he says something and he purposely like made when, it where you couldn't when Jason, understand. When Jason Statham was like, yeah, mate, I heard you loud and clear. And then they turn around. Did you understand one fucking word he said? Yeah. Proper fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you rate it? I'm going to give it an 8.2. Okay. I don't okay. think it was Not, like the best movie ever made. If it was like the best movie ever made, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. Um, You know, the 10 is, the, I don't even know if I could ever give a movie a 10. A 10 is a perfect, well, that's actually not true. You know what I get? You know what I'd give a 10? Mm. So I give this movie an 8.2, but the one movie that I think is the best movie ever created that I could watch endlessly over and over again is Django Unchained. That's my 10. I was going to guess it, considering the fact that we got it hanging right there. Yeah, right in front of us is a Django Unchained poster next to a John Wick poster and a Baby Driver poster. I'm going to change Baby Driver out for, I think, Knives Out. Knives Out's my... Uh, that one's close to a 10, too. Wow, really? Yeah, I love Knives Out. Oh, wow. Uh, wow, disagree with you on that one. You didn't like Knives Out? I predicted the ending like pretty much immediately and then I was right. So I was I was a little let down by the fact that I literally knew who the bad guy was and then we just found out he was the bad guy. All I just I love the writing of that movie. The way that the, the dialogue is, the way they land the jokes, the way yes, they go sprinkling I, things and the did, details throughout. I did enjoy that, but if it's a murder mystery, I want to be wrong every time. And I just remember Maybe you got lucky. Really, it didn't it didn't seem like they hit it that well? Chris yeah, Evans' character was just a total douchebag, and they they pretty much nailed that from the jump. And I was like, oh well, you know, it's probably him. If yeah. I were a guessing man, yeah. But the amazing thing about it is that it's a murder mystery, and you find out the murder in the beginning of the movie. You see the scene. You never do that. Then that's not how to, that's not how a murder mystery works. You don't see the murder in the first like thirty minutes of the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe not the murder itself, but you definitely, like, yeah, okay. I get that, but, like, I don't know. I I wouldn't rate it close to a 10. I enjoyed this movie much more than that movie, and I've enjoyed more murder mystery movies more than that movie. What other murder mysteries have you watched? Um. So I saw one in theaters a couple of years ago. Glass Onion. No. That's the Knives Out sequel. That's the sequel. I didn't even see the sequel. It's pretty good. Not as good as the first one, obviously, but it's still a pretty good movie. Oh, so what? That's probably like a four to me. Um, Shut the fuck up. No, I I saw this one. uh, It's uh, Death on the Nile. Mm. Saw that with me, Madre. um, 
That's the sequel Wonder to Oriental, Oriental Express, correct? What? Uh, if it is, I don't know. I think it is. Because that's a very similar aspect to the whole, like, I think the Death on the Nile, it follows the same detective or whatever. It's, oh, uh, you know what? It might have. Yeah, I think I remember, like, figuring that out, like, after we watched it. Um, That was good. I watched it with me, Madre. And the whole time, we thought we were nailing down the character that was the killer. And I just, you know, that's a fun movie. Like, if I'm watching, like, a murder mystery like that, like, I want us to keep guessing. But then by the end of the movie, if you were to go back and see at the beginning, you're like, oh, like, that's what gave it away. That's a good mystery. I got to watch it. I have not seen it. It's fun. You know what? That's a good, that's a good date night movie. All right. It's a good date night movie. I'll put it in the books. Yep. Um, you know what's funny? For you and Mercedes, not, not me and you, but you and Mercedes, oh. that's a good date night movie. Um, maybe I could find a nice pretty gal somewhere around and, you know, maybe, maybe make it a double date. Um, all right. Um, but I already know how the movie ends. So actually it wouldn't be that good because no, it makes it better. I will probably not for you. Cause I'm just going to blurt out who the killer is. Cause I'm bad at that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I would absolutely be like, I, I would hear you and Mercedes talking about who you think it is. I'd be like, Cade, you fucking idiot. It's obviously so-and-so. So I, so no, we can't we can't watch that movie. Fun fact about Guy Ritchie, he uh he has his own brand of grills. <laughs> like Guy Ritchie owns like, a grilling company. Oh oh, see, I was thinking more like Paul Wall grills. No no no, like cooking grill. Like smile for me, Dad. What you looking at? <laughs> I want to see a grill. You want to see my what? Paul, you know, like H Town, the people's down. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Sorry. Wow. You just got that, me. That was a fun fact. I had a lot of fun right there. Um, so he owns his own, like, he has, like, his own grill company. Nice. He makes these grills because he talks about how he loves to just to grill meat and well, share Well, that makes sense. Think about the gentleman. I feel like, I bet those were all his grills in those movies when they were, like, making steaks and stuff. So he's, I don't know, I don't remember the grills and the gentleman, but he, so it's not like a grill that you have like the one that you lift the top it's a grill table so it's like a, he he invented i don't know if i mean i'm sure he worked with the fucking company that knows how to do this stuff but he thought of the idea i'm pretty sure of a grill it's a, a giant table in the middle of the table is a grill so it's kind of like korean barbecue yeah essentially like the korean barbecue but he just it, it, damn it what he just made a korean barbecue table I thought he had like invented some cool thing, but it's literally just a Korean barbecue table. <laughs> now that you're really thinking about it, I just connected put, the two dots, putting the pieces together. I'm well, I sorry. didn't. I didn't even realize what Korean barbecue was until like recently. Dude, Kate, I'm sorry. It's it's still cool. I it swear, cool. it's still cool. But <laughs> thank you. Maybe the Koreans stole it from Guy. Oh, so it's like a here. I'll I'll show you. I've seen it. Because uh, I've had Korean barbecue, so. But this one's cooler. It's got like a. Because it's Guy Ritchie, yeah. What What are oh, they called? It is. In the, it is. That is it. In the gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the grill. So it's got the cool table in the center. Is uh-huh. the. Because I remember seeing the movie, I was like, "Damn, Korean yeah. barbecue." So that's that's, really that's literally his grill. That. Yeah. That's his grill, which is pretty cool. You don't think of a filmmaker being a guy that likes to grill out. You know, you don't hear about filmmakers. You think filmmaker, you think nerdy ass, like. In a dark room, and that's pretty Preppy, much all they do. Maybe yeah. like no, dude. These people live. They have. I bet 
Guy Ritchie has grilled some cool shit in cool places. You can't make badass movies without being a little bit of a badass. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a guy. Well, I don't know. I don't know him, obviously, but this guy's name is Robert Greene. He got, he's a guy that wrote the book, like, 48 Laws of Power and a bunch of other, like, deceptive, like, power. Wait, is that the one that I have in my room right now? The orange one? The 48 Laws of Power? Wait, did I give that to you? Yeah. When? Uh, like, a long time ago. I mean, not that long ago. Like, probably a couple months ago. Were we drinking? Uh, no. No. What? Were you going to, have you read it? What? I don't I don't remember giving it to you. I mean, you did. Oh, I know, obviously. I did not uh, yes, take that is, 48 Laws of Power, although... I don't no, know. I know you didn't take it. I definitely gave it to you. I just yeah. don't remember why. Were you, like, interested in reading it? I remember just picking it up, and I think I was reading, like, the, like the summary or whatever, like, on the back. And you were like, oh, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, cool stuff you could learn. And you were, like, telling me some stuff you learned. And then you, you were just like, yeah, like... You didn't give it to me. I'll give it back, but right, like but, you lent it to me. Yeah. But no, because we got a lot of other books to read. Yeah, we do have a lot of other, other books to read. Yeah. It's a cool, I didn't. I haven't finished it. It's a very long book. Yeah. It's a kind of a tough read a little bit because you hear the, it gives you the backstories of these old kings and the deception that they had to use to gain power and how they gained power. And so... And these th- like world leaders and stuff. Well, that um, doesn't sound too boring. Um, it's not boring, but trying to uh, read and pronounce their names in your head. It's hard. Oh yeah, you're not sure how it's pronounced. They're yeah. spelled weird, so that's what makes it a little bit of a tougher read. And it's just long, but it's, it's a cool premise. It tells you like f- it gives you 48 laws of power of how to gain power, and it gives you a real world example of how somebody has used it in the past. And then you, you like it. I guess it explains it. I've only read a couple. I only got through a couple chapters before I switched to another book. <laughs> I think story came in. That's why I switched. That's why I stopped reading it. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I did take a break from all the, the nonfiction and the how-tos and, like, the advice books. I'm finally just reading, like, a good old fiction book. What uh what what nonfiction were you reading? Uh, I'm reading <laughs> uh, The Price of Tomorrow. It's a, it's a book my brother gave to me what's that one about uh it's about uh cryptocurrency it's no 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 i specifically told him i did not want to read anything about crypto but it does have to do with uh the economy and how um oh man it's been so long since i picked it up i did not finish it because i suck it johnny yeah sorry johnny um actually i was texting about it today like with him he was like did you finish the prices right or the price of tomorrow I was like, no, no, but I did. I finished the Stephen King, uh, how to write. I finished that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I, there was another book in between that I had finished. Obviously I had a lot of college textbooks like during the semester. Fuck that. Yeah. But I actually had to read those. Um, impressive. I've, <laughs> well, I had to just to write papers and like learn like laws and like learn how to write the papers. Like there was a lot of reading. You should have learned how to use chat GPT. Now they cracked down on it. How? They just did. I remember people I were getting it, in think, trouble. Yeah, I think you can use like AI to make it to where they know it's AI written. Yeah, somehow. But either way, bro, there's a way. To, you can just have that and just rewrite it word for word. Right? I, well, I remember I was like 
who was I talking with this about? But I told them like, yeah, they cracked down on chat GPT. I think it was one of my buddies from back home. Actually, now I remember exactly who it is. It's my brother's roommate who is definitely listening to this right now. And I was like, yeah, man, like they cracked down on chat GPT being used on, you know, research papers or just any paper in general. He was like, no, no, they did not. I was like, yeah, no, they did. Like, uh, cause people have been getting like a trouble. He was like, no, dude, if you just go into chat GPT and tell chat, tell chat GPT to write the paper without the university being able to detect your paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get by the system and I was just like well my god Isaac <laughs> if anybody could have just thought to do that he was like I swear like it'll work and I was like well guess what pal I already graduated college and I didn't use it so I'm not I'm not your guinea pig here it is truly spectacular to use I use it for work sometimes yeah and like today for instance I used it and I had a post one of our podcast episodes like our private podcast episode and i write have to write a description for it and then upload it to our you know private course yeah and usually i, I like i sit there and listen to you know him talk during the podcast and then i just kind of like remember what he said and just try to like write like a short description and i have to write it in the style that he talks and i have to make it like a motivational style kind of thing so it, sometimes it takes me a little bit of time to craft this story to make it like good yeah and it's usually not it's not long it's like five to seven sentences i do quick little thing yeah and then i so i i what i did to save myself time of thinking about it i just went into premiere pro that i edited it off of i transcribed his audio so now his audio turned to text copied all of his text put into chat gpt i said can you please this is a transcript from a podcast episode can you please turn this into a short motivational blog post and did it and it was long I said, now can you make this five to seven sentences? I copied and pasted that, put it in there, and I formatted it correctly, changed a little bit of it, and I was done. Hardcore. Sounded just like how I would write it. There you go. It was amazing. There you go. Shout out chat GPT. The future is here. I love the future. All right, so I gave it an 8.2. You gave it a fucking 9. I gave it a solid 9, and I stand by it. I don't regret it. I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. That's why it gets a 9. If I enjoy the F-U-C-K out of a movie like this, it's it's definitely going to get an 8.5 or higher. Yeah. I'll, I'll rate them a 10 if I think they're a 10. I'll tell you what. I'll do it. Do you have a 10? Uh, True Romance, Django, Honestly, like all like Quentin Tarantino movies, Django, True Romance, and Inglorious Bastards, not necessarily in that order, but those are tens. Those are tens. Inglorious Bastards is a hard one to beat too. That's I I just think those are some of the most perfect, well shot. Everything about those movies is just the best. I as kinda, long as I know the like the um the movies are pretty long. I get that. But I mean, if you just appreciate a good damn film, then those are tens. I don't, I wish, no. What I'm trying to say is, it's annoying, I think, that Tarantino movies are so good and that I'm a fan of him because it just kind of seems like whatever he makes, I'm going to like. You know what I mean? It's like people, okay, you like the Tarantino movies. 
just because it's, just because Tarantino made it, like you're one of those guys. I don't give a damn. I don't really care either. But I'm just the saying, like it's funny how not funny. It's just weird how all of them are so good, and he's such an iconic guy yeah. that you like. Just some people just like him just because they just because it's Tarantino. Yeah. Just like how some people like fucking Martin Scorsese and think Taxi Driver is the greatest movie ever created. Yeah. No. Like I again, I haven't seen. There's just one Quentin Tarantino movie that I haven't seen, and you have, and you told me you didn't really like it that much. Yeah, yeah. Which one is it? It's Death uh, Proof. Death Proof. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'll probably watch it soon. Let's uh save it for the podcast. Oh really? Maybe not next one, but okay, we'll do it. And if I don't like it, I'll diss Quentin like I did Martin. I have no fear. Bold. No fear. No fear on this podcast. Thanks for listening. We're out.